In the Bible, this fascinates me. I'd love to talk to you about this. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Do you agree with that? No. No, I don't at all, no. I don't think money is the root of all evil at all. I think that's another thing that's said to suppress you and keep you down like never a lender or a borrower be. I mean, it's all, it's all there to suppress you and uh, stop you uh, trying to gain more. Mm. And uh, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's all about control, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, whether you're religion or not, religious or not you know these are stories aren't they that are told yeah. to us to, yeah. to make us believe things um it always fascinates me that people think money is evil yeah well, wh- uh, why is money evil well, it's i mean money is a tool yeah that's all all money is money is a tool to 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 get you to where you want to go mm. and ultimately i believe the tool is to get you freedom that you want um i would say that Although I'm not retired, um, I would say I sort of retired at about 30 in a way because I think from the age of about 28, 29, I had enough that I was free. You know, if I wanted to stop, I could stop. You know, I'd have to sustain that same lifestyle, which wasn't in my dreams. My dreams were further. Um, But I think once you've got that freedom to be able to say no... I don't need to do what you want me to do. I can do my own thing. I mm. think, you know, that's a great place to be. But again, that takes you away from being that cog in the machine, doesn't it? Mm. Because you are no longer that. And that's what they need. Yeah, they do. They need their taxes. Yeah. They need and their, their interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think, Mark, I want to take you deeper, but you did earlier say this is about as, yeah. as, as deep as you'll go. Um, what upsets you about money? I know we've covered some stuff, but is there anything else that upsets you um, around money and, and how it's perceived? I, I think one of the things, and it came up today actually in a, in a conversation, is people that don't think they're being paid enough for the job they do and they don't want to really do that job because they don't think they're getting paid enough so they're sort of quiet quitting Mm. i I absolutely hate that part of money and the problem is and you know i might get lambasted for this or whatever but you know the minimum wage everyone gets the at least the minimum wage now if you're doing some jobs and i'm talking really menial jobs then you're not earning that money you're having to be paid that money and I think that's wrong because what it means is some people are earning more than that aren't necessarily or or want to earn more or worth more can't be earned that because it's particularly in a small business it brings it all to that common you know uh, minimum wage or Mm. living wage and I I do hate that about money because yeah, we're not in control of the inflation, are we? The inflation goes through the roof. We have to pay at least the minimum wage. I mean, obviously we pay more than that to some, but you've got to pay at least that. And that's what I don't like about money. And I also think that people think their money's safe in a building society or bank. They look at it and they, they, they see it going up by a small amount. They don't see it going down. You know, if, if it was truthful, it should have the value of your money written there this is the value of your money and you know that you should see it incrementally going down like 10 percent this year at least 10 percent mm. last year at least 
but you don't. You see the same figure there. So you're sort of almost being bluffed into thinking, oh, it's safe there, so I don't want to take a risk with my money elsewhere. But the real story is you are taking a risk. You're agreeing to take in... Well, it's not even a risk. You're agreeing to lose money by leaving it there. Mm. And that's that's a bit sad, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. I mean, I've always thought that the minimum you have to do when you protect your money is you have to beat inflation. Yeah. And people don't understand that. Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, I think since lockdown, it's been double digit the last three years when yeah. you add it all up. Yeah. And so that is <laughs> a third of your money. Mm in value has gone down. But like you said, you don't see it because you think you've still got the same yeah. savings, but you haven't. Yeah. So your first goal surely has got to be to beat the inflation rate so that at the very least your money isn't going down. But if, okay, interest rates are going up, but they're still lower than inflation. But mm. back in the day, just three years ago, inflation was over 10 mm. and interest rates were under half. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely mad. But I mean, so. I, I bet you if you asked, I bet you if you walk down the street, even in some affluent areas and you ask nine... 10 people, what's inflation? Mm. I bet you only one or two of them can get it right. Well, the, the problem again is, I mean, I, I don't watch the news. I think the news is very depressing and I won't watch it and there's no need to because anything of any real importance I need to know, I will find out. Mm. It'll come my way one way or another. Um, but when the news does say things like about inflation, it's like, yeah, inflation's come down. Fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Everyone's inflation's come down. Yeah, but it's still 8.5% or 9.5%. You know, it's not come down to where it was. It's not negative. It's not gone the other way so you can recap some of what you had. Mm. It's still up there, guys. Come on, you know, report it properly. It should be inflation still 9%. It's not good enough. The government should be doing something to retract that back down. And why are they putting up interest rates to do that when really that's, I don't think it's the tool, it's, very, very crude tool for bringing down inflation. Yeah, you see, we're in this weird position, which we never should be, where you've got relatively high inflation and increasing interest rates. And if interest rates are supposed to be the tool that suppresses inflation, well, if they'd have started raising rates five or six years ago, much more gently, yeah. they probably could have controlled the big whoop in inflation. Yeah. And if they hadn't locked down the country, that's a, a, a whole other thing. But shortage of supply is also running the inflation up. Of course, so, which was caused know. by lockdown. <laughs> so Brexit. So why are you yeah. making everyone suffer that's borrowing for their business to help make the country yeah. great, borrowing for their house yeah. to make their family secure? H how many repos are going to happen now? People are paying minimum 7% a year there you go. on their mortgages. And, you know, I'm like, I don't mind a property crash because I'm an investor. But if I was a homeowner and all of a sudden my mortgage is double because my interest rate's gone up from 2% to 7% and I, th I think about giving the keys back and going and renting somewhere cheaper, that's n not a nice thing. No. And that, that has happened. Do you know, the rates have gone up 14 times in the last, what, not even a year? Or, or you know, since they started going up. To me, that's outrageous. Yeah. And you... you and what's, you know, they kick the can down the road by like, oh, well, let's just try and get, get everything bad under the back door from 2008 and just kick the can down the road and down the road and down the road and down the road. And a new politician, a new Bank of England, a governor or prime minister comes in and they're like, well, well we, like you said, they've only got four years. Yeah. So why are they going to care about where the market's going to be in 10 years? 
So they're just printing a load of money. Printing a load of money, which... If, and that's been going on since we got out of pretty much the gold... Well, it's going on well, before since, that. Since the seven, early yeah, 70s, yeah. Certainly when we got out of the gold standard. Well, I so. think money's worth a seventh of what it was back yeah. then. But gold is worth exponentially more. Yeah. So, yeah, like for anyone listening, if they don't know what money printing is, it is devaluing your money. Mm. And what's their solution to their... Oh, by the way, here's another thing. When, when the interest rates go up, so does the national debt. Because they're, you know, they've got thirty trillion, yeah, in national make, debt, make believe money. There you go. It's a debt. So if that, if they were paying two percent on that, and now they're paying six percent on that, where are they going to get that extra interest from? Us in tax, or yeah. they're going to erode it away with inflation. Mm. Well, they'll is, try and erode it away with inflation, of they will. won't they? So, you know, they can say we're trying to knock inflation down, but actually inflation for the national debt is sort of not a bad thing no. for them. Well, here's one thing I will say that I learned. And um, as a property owner... You- if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. probably know this and most people don't know this but um obviously if you have money inflation is bad but if you have good debt against property inflation actually helps you Mm. so i've got 340 properties my mortgages are worth tens of millions of pounds and the the government were wiping three four million pounds a year off the relative value of my mortgages they were writing it off their own debt. They mm. didn't care about my mortgages. But as inflation is 10%, it's also yeah. devaluing my mortgage of by 10%. Yeah. So this is another reason why maybe owning your own house, especially if in times of high inflation, can be quite good. Because the government inadvertently yeah, helping, helping you pay your debt down. Yeah. People won't see it that way because obviously they just see the interest rate go up and it being more of an amount that they're paying. But No, it's certainly they true. won't. And back then yeah. rates were low. Mm. But... Um, this is, you know, in my book, when it comes out next year, Money Matrix, I want to awaken people that actually, because if you think about it, I don't know what you think about this, Mark. Fiat currency is quite a smart invention. And money, I mean, I reckon money's up there with the wheel in terms of great invention, how great an invention mm. is. But the problem is you have the dual use paradox. whereby I mean, the Gatling gun, for example, was made by, I think, Robert Gatling. And he actually designed it with good intentions so that you got one gun, so your your ten guys in the front line didn't have to be there. Yeah. Give that Gatling gun to a terrorist. Yeah. And all of a sudden it becomes. And I think money is a great tool, and I think the fiat currency system, or it's unsustainable, really smart invention, and has upsides if you know how to be free and play the game. But of course, in, the problem is it's in the wrong hands, isn't it? Controlled mm. by the wrong people. And where do you see the world currency going? Do you see it staying with the USA and the US dollar? Or do you see it going elsewhere 
Um, well, Ray Dalio thinks that China will take the global reserve currency at some point. If you look back through history over thousands of years, you can track you're in, of course. The British pound was obviously the yeah, reserve currency for a, a while. Yeah, so it, oh, in the in the end, will US you lose the reserve currency status? Of course they will. Because how long they can carry on? It is, and it? yeah. And when they lose it, I think they'll absolutely drop through the floor. Yeah. I mean, do you, you think it's going to be China then that will get the next reserve? Uh, well, currency? it could be, or it could be a cryptocurrency. It you never know. Be. At that point, it might yeah. well be the way to go. Because I mean, the, the global reserve currency equals power, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you look at the UK. The UK was pretty broke in about seventy seventy six. Yeah. You know, it's only North Sea oil, from what I understand, that really kept us afloat and right. our banking system. Um, so, what's America going to have? Yeah, well, they can't be the global superpower forever. No. Because every empire falls in the end. Yeah. I mean, for the world, I hope it's not a communist regime, personally, mm. being, being an entrepreneur. Um, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, as I say, I travel to China quite a lot. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that do very, very well in China. Really? Oh, very much so, yeah. So and they don't get everything taken from them. Like well, we're let, it Because maybe there's some propaganda going on. Of course there is, yeah. yeah. I mean... I don't have, um, do I have any friends that hate the system out there? I would say I don't have anyone that I uh, now know and am in contact with that don't like the system that they're working within out there. They are right. quite happy. Yeah. I have one that is always, he's not too much a friend, more an acquaintance. He has always been a very European sort of Chinese person. Mm. So much so when you go into his factory, all his offices are like European rooms. Right, yeah. That's how much yeah. he loves Europe and he wants to move to Europe. But all the rest are quite happy with the system they're working within. And there are advantages to that system. So, mm. you know, we're taught... Well, no that, system is perfect. No, we're taught that uh, the democratic system is the way to be. But is that because they want everyone to be a democratic system so they can sell to them, so they can trade with them, so that they can have mm. what they want from them and control them in whatever way they want? Because they can't control a communist state. No. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Our, what we got now really isn't really isn't what we think it is, is it? It's, well, the, the, I mean, whatever capitalism is, is not what we've got in Britain. Yeah. I can't imagine it is either in many states in America. Mm. Um, I mean, I wrote in my book about credit, creditism maybe we're in now. I think that's or, what it should be called. Yeah, it's not capitalism. That. Yeah, yeah, definitely criticism because, you know, everyone's up to their eyeballs. Yeah. You know, and once you get on that train, you're sort of stuck, aren't you? You're on a spiral that mm. you're not really going to get out of yeah. as an individual. You've got to do something pretty different to what's gone before you. Yeah. And that's breaking that mould again, isn't it, that we talked about earlier? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, not wanting to champion the older generation um, like ourselves, Mark, but, you know, when I started in business and my mentors were 60 and 70 and I was fortunate enough, I opened the door. I tried. It wasn't they didn't fall on my lap, but I got James Kahn as a mentor from Dragon's Den and Andres Paniotu, the billionaire. I think it's really important if you th if you want to think about being a business owner and making good decisions you want someone who's been through a couple of cycles yeah and who's seen it yeah because i can see some really close traits now 
to 2008 yeah. in terms of house prices, for example, because yeah. I've gone through that whole cycle. Yeah. Do you think that's important to study people who've got a bit of experience and history? I, I think all the lessons are to be had from the past. The, the unfortunate thing is, I think governments don't take those lessons. No, we just repeat them. And we just repeat things. the same thing time after time. Yeah. Um, and that's for various other reasons that we've spoken about. But I think as individuals, you can learn those lessons. And if you, as long as you don't just forget about them. I mean, most people go through life on consumer mode. They don't realise they're on consumer mode. No. They've got. They should be trying to be more a producer mm. than 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 consuming and. To to be honest, if they could just knock that gauge along a bit towards the producer than the consumer, they would be so much better off. But, mm. you know, they just go through life that way and yeah. that's all there is to it, really. And if there isn't that much incentive to produce... Well, that's the other thing. I think I think there's always an incentive to to produce and be your own boss and go for it. it it's, it's when you start earning a little bit more that you get clobbered, mm. really clobbered. So will Mark and Curtis Tilbury be in Dubai in 10 years' time? Though? Mark Tilbury won't. Um, because Curtis might. Curtis might, mm. but Mark Tilbury won't because, one, I love the country. Secondly, I think there's work for me to do here. Yeah. Um, if I finish doing everything I'm doing, I will still do something that gives back because I enjoy that very much. And um, when I was working you know early on in my early years i lost my social network of friends and um for the last 10 years or so i've been trying to recapture that and make new friends and i've got some very very nice social groups now mm. that i really enjoy and of all the things i would miss by yeah. moving it's those friendships be it at the golf course at the i race model airplanes you yeah. um, and, and you're a bit of a race you race cars well as i well. used to race yeah. cars but now i sponsor a, a very good driver called jake hill right. um so i'm a, a little part of that jigsaw puzzle a very small part yeah. of it but i love being a part of it and you know my race in friends and and the skiing mm. yeah I, I just love all of that 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 is there and you might find that as you well i've got my kids older. and my parents are still here yeah and that's that's what's keeping me here my yeah. kids well are my settled. parents are still here so well there you go they're doing well which is great and that would be sad to go and leave another country and to not see them well i said to my sister she left for australia and i said to her at the time i said well you might only see you mum and dad Five more times. Well, yeah, that, yeah, in their whole life. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not going to come we back think here we've got for a two year. year. That's this is a good point, Mark. Yeah. Two years might be two times or, or four once. times. Yeah. You just don't know. No, you don't. And that, that that's pretty scary yeah. when you've got a family and all that sort of thing. So. Yeah. And that's why it's always harder to make those leaps as mm. you get older, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got these ties. Yeah. Kids are a big one. Mortgages are another big one. So mm. if you can avoid those for a little while, as I say to my son, you know, you know, you're welcome to live here for as long as you want. Yeah. Um, we've actually bought, built out the North Wing. And so oh, he nice. has his own area yeah. of the house. So oh, it's easy good. for him. Um, yeah. But I always say to others, if you can live at home and put up with it, I know it's not easy. Parents yeah, always you, you, seem... You right. work together. You've figured it exactly. out, haven't you? It's yeah. figure outable. Yeah. And if, if other youngsters do that and just build their empire up to the time they're 30 forget mm. about all these things that attract you and you want to spend money on and all that sort of stuff for as long as you can yeah and then you really are an attractive person so mm. be it a, a girl or a boy it makes no odds you know yeah. you're, you're setting yourself up mm. do you think that money can make you happy 
Uh, no, I think you. Um, I don't think money makes you happy in any way, shape, or form. It gives you freedom. If you're a miserable person, you'll be miserable without money, and you'll be miserable with money. Um, I think you've got to be um, happy along the journey. I mean, mm. I, I always say it's the journey is is what it's all about, not the destination. Um, and I don't think the destination is that great in most things. I mean, I fought for years to be British model helicopter champion. The journey was fantastic, and once you did it, it was like, oh, well. That's a bit easy compared mm. with the rest. You know, what was that all about? You know, and then you get the blues about it because you you, you, you lose your way or what you want to do or, mm. or what you're pushing towards. So I think happiness is definitely the journey. Um, I think there's a myth around happiness. I, I don't think, you know, <laughs> people want to be happy all the time, don't they? they think, oh, I want to be happy. Oh, mm. I've got to do something. I've got to be really happy. Well, you, you can't be happy all the time, can you? Because wow. if you're happy all the time, then... There's you're no probably on, you're <laughs> probably on something yeah yeah um you'll have no other emotions yeah. so what's going to give you your drive i, I have no idea mm. you know you, you've got to go through a whole range of things yeah. um you know you got to be angry you got to be frustrated it, it, they're all important yeah. things you can't be happy non-stop but you can be happy at points and you can be happy with the journey you're on mm. i was being interviewed today on a podcast and someone was talking about oh well rich people you know they don't pay the money down the system to the poor and i said they do they do in the form of taxes and the taxes go to the government and then the money doesn't go down to the poor because mm. taxes is a way to redistribute wealth and it just seems that so many people are over the uk which is such a shame with all the history we have yeah it's a great country, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. really is a great country. Um, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. I mean, I, I always think the world's full of, or people are the three Ds. You know, you've got the drifters, the dreamers, and the doers. Mm. Um, and, you know, you're always going to have people that drift through life. They don't really have a motivation. Uh, they spend everything checkbook to checkbook or no, sorry, not checkbook to checkbook, but yeah. showing your age. Pay slip to pay slip to pay check. That's what I meant to say. Um, and and they say money doesn't you know buy your happiness, but that's all the while they're spending every penny they got to try and be happy. Um, and then you've got the dreamers. Obviously, I, I think most people fall into that bracket. Most people have got a dream of where they want to be, what they want to earn, what they want out of life. Um, but as we go back to what we were speaking earlier, they don't know how to get to that point. Um, if they don't know how to get to that point, then they're never going to get to that point. And then you've got the doers. Now, the doers are the same as dreamers, but they do go out and do it. They, they educate themselves that little bit further. They, they see where they want to go, and they find a way to get there. Mm. Now, if those doers are just taxed to high heaven, then how are they going to have that, want to to get to those the incentive dreams. there's yeah. no point you know and a lot of them will look at you know what others are getting and Lisbon, go you know, dubai exactly yeah. you know and and that's no good for this country that's no. for sure you know and if you end up um i mean you're probably in a similar position i mean i probably pay out of every pound i earn probably in some form of tax 65 pence of the pound something like that i mean i, I worked out with what i earn and then what i spend it's 70 pence. In there the you pound. go. I mean, that's outrageous. It is outrageous. I'm working 70% of my life for the government. Yeah. And so that makes me not want to draw money out of my companies because I don't want a massive, great big tax event. Exactly. Which that. clogs up the flow of money in the system. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I, I think there is, 
there is an answer to it. Um, the, the problem is the answer is probably too simple. Um, flat, flat rate tax? Flat rate tax, 100% flat rate tax. Because, you know, as a, an entrepreneur um, and someone that earns a bit more than the average, then if I'm paying more percentage tax, what, how, how is that fair? Yeah. That is not fair. So, oh, but you earn more, so you should pay more. Well, that, that's, that's wrong. And the problem with it is, is as you go up the scales of the earning, the more, the more, the more, the more you earn, the more money you've got to pay for someone to help you avoid to pay that tax. Mm. So you're not going to get it anyway. No. So if everyone's paying 20%, you know, everyone's fair. Everyone's yeah. the same. Now, you don't have to start that until the first 30,000 if you want. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. You, you know, your, your lower earners could be tax-free for a, a much bigger amount, that longer period. Um, and then obviously you pay one amount from there on. Mm. And also VAT. I mean, blimey, VAT, yeah. 20%. I mean, that is, you know, they say it's for, for what? And they call it value-added tax. Where's the value? Well, there's not. <laughs> no. You know, and the thing is, well, if you've, vatted everything period doesn't matter what it is it makes life simpler because in you know in, in some of my businesses some things are vatted some aren't let's just vat everything and let's just vat it all at 10 percent. you know it's not an extortionate amount those that can afford to buy the items that got vat on are paying tax to the government those that can't afford the items aren't paying that vat mm. that's that's fine i think it's a, a fair tax from the amount that you can afford but it's too big an amount yeah so you're always gonna have people trying to avoid it bring things in smuggle shall we say yeah. for want of a better word you know that's a, a horrible yeah tax that we all collect for the government and yeah. don't get paid for doing it yeah and the problem is that but then there's corporation tax then there's income tax <laughs> then there's national insurance yeah. oh wait a minute where does the national insurance money go to oh wait a minute oh, i can't get in the nhs mm. And then the pension contributions you have to make, it's just endless. Yes, it is endless. I mean, actually, when you sit down and you work it all out, do you ever have that feeling of why yeah. do I yeah. bother? Yeah. Right. Now, as an entrepreneur... For nearly 20 years, I've been an entrepreneur. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. have that no. feeling. You should have the feeling of, oh, I'm really doing well. Yeah. I'm helping this country. I'm employing all these people, yeah. giving them enough money to pay their mortgages, buy their cars, do whatever they want to do. I'm being rewarded myself. Fantastic. I love living in this country. Yeah. That's how I think you should feel as an entrepreneur and be praised by the people around you for that. Mm. You know, like, well done. You know, fantastic. He's doing well. So that means people that he's employing are doing well and so on and so forth. You shouldn't feel the opposite to that mm. as an entrepreneur. Do you think there's any chance we could get back to this? I hate to say this, Mark, but maybe it's a fantasy what you just said there. But because it just seems they're so over it. I mean, it feels it feels to me more like a communist country than it does a capitalist country. Okay, I still own my properties. They're hopefully not going to take them off me. Mm. But you know, taxes are so high that they're taking a lot of that. How do we get back? Look, I know in some ways you might not want to stick your head up, but surely people like us have got to talk about this more. And throw some ideas out there. Because, by the way, if the government came to me some for some advice, which they wouldn't, no. I would openly talk to them but and But that's the problem. Them. You've just summed the problem up. They won't come to you because they know what you're going to say and that's not part of their agenda. So why would they come to you? But how are they going to grow the economy if they just keep biting the hands that feeds them? 
well, I don't. I think they've already had the the, the hands, haven't they? The arms have gone, and uh, it's starting <laughs> to take a bit more of the torso the way they're going. So I, I I don't know really what the answers are. I mean, I know what I would do. I mean, I if I'm sure if you got into power as prime minister, or if I got into power as prime minister, we'd probably only last four years. <laughs> yeah, but we we change things. <laughs> we'd try and change a bit, yeah. but of course. All those levels above, will they allow you to change those well, things? Well, that's true. You know, and, and then also the problem is the voting, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, what landlords are, are evil because there's two and a half million landlords yeah. and there's 70 million homeowners and renters or whatever. Yeah. So have you ever wondered why it's only four years as well that they're in power? Uh, well, personally, I think it's far too short. I think it's way too yeah, short. Yeah, because a football manager is, like Klopp took him that long just to find his own squad in Liverpool. Yeah. And when Ferguson came into Man United, if I brought in a new MD... Yeah. So why only... But also, when he came into power, into Maybe because they're a puppet. I yeah, don't know. He may well have known that he'd got at least four years to get it right. He, he didn't think, oh, right, after two years, I'll, I'll give a little bit, you know, do a little bit what I can, and then I'll soften it all off, ready for another election. Then I'll, I'll do a little mm. bit more, then I'll soften it off in four years. If you were in power for 10 years you might actually have a chance yeah. because at the end of the day, they say we've got choice, but we've got no choice. We've got A or B. Now, yeah. if we don't like A, we can vote in B. And um, funnily enough, when B gets in, we don't like them well, because they're doing the same. We voted in A and then who A made us prime minister, Liz Truss, and then Rishi, we weren't able to even choose that. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy situation, really, yeah. when you start thinking about it. And it's the perceived choice that you think you've got, the perceived freedom that you think you've got, and you haven't. No. 